But during this time, it was, a, it was a pretty interesting city. It was a port city. A lot of travelers came through there. A lot of business went through there. And because of that, there's a lot of different religions that would pass through there. And so one of the, uh, one of the major temples that they had in this city was the temple to Aphrodite. Now, just in case you don't know, Aphrodite was the goddess of love. And when I talk about the goddess of love, I'm not talking about like marriage love. I mean, it was a very promiscuous, it was a very promiscuous cult. Um, and that carries with it a whole lot of baggage, obviously. Um, in this temple and around the temple, there were over a thousand temple prostitutes. And so the, the church was located in this very pagan city. And so being a believer, a follower of Jesus, I mean, it can be, it can be difficult to do it in a city where the, you know, the motto was basically, live and let live. 
You know, where the motto was basically, if you're going to do anything, just make sure that you please yourself, that you live for self. And so it could have been very intimidating for believers to operate in that environment. But Paul wrote them this section of Scripture to let them know, listen, when God made you, he made you for a reason. And where you are, God has placed you there. And if you fulfill your role, one of the things that can happen is that you can make a difference and you can make an impact in the lives of the people around you. And guys, the same thing's true today. Now, I don't know what, you know, necessarily what environment that you are, that you are involved in. I don't know what kind of people that you're around all of the time. You know, where you, where you work, what your work environment is like. But I want you to know this. That if you follow Jesus, God has a role for you to play. God has a position that he wants you to play. And you can make a difference and an impact wherever it is that you are. And so if that is true, which I believe that it is true, here's the question for us. What position do I play? You know, what, what is my role? Where, where does God want me? What does God want me to do? And to better understand this, I just want us to look at a few things about our position. And the very first thing I want us to see about our position is this. When it comes to what position do you play on God's team, God wants you to know your position. He wants you to know what role you are to play. Now, if you would, look with me in, in verse number 1 of chapter 12. It said, About matters of the Spirit, brothers, I do not want you to be unaware. Now, God wants us to know our place. Now, if you ever are unsure about that, that, that's a little bit frustrating when you don't know really what you're supposed to be doing or really how you're supposed to be participating or contributing. Uh, that can be frustrating because you're like, am I doing the right thing or am I doing the wrong thing? I'm not really sure what I'm doing. Well, here's the neat thing to know. When God made you, God created you on purpose. God made you for a reason. He made you for a role to play in life. Um, God did not make you and say, man, I don't know why I made that guy. You know, I've been, I've been I, good luck. You know, I hope he does well. That was just sort of like a little mistake. God, that's not what happens with God. When God made you, he made you for a specific reason. And whenever I look into our text, in verse number one, it says this, God doesn't want us to be unaware of how he's gifted us. That word unaware, another word that you could use there is the word ignorant. That means God is not trying to keep it a secret as to why you're here. That God is not trying to hide from you the role that he has called you to play in this life. And that's easier for me to understand whenever I view God as like being a coach and I'm on his team. You know, if you played sports when you were younger, and if, if you're a parent and you go to Little League baseball games like right now, can you imagine what it would be like if the coach just looked at the team and said, hey guys, uh, just run out on the field and do whatever you want. Wouldn't that be a great game to watch? It's absolute chaos. I mean, the kids would be running, I mean, they'd be running around, probably digging holes in the outfield. I mean, it'd just be absolutely crazy. No, no good coach is going to do that. What does the coach do? He tells them what position they are to play. Because he knows if they know what position they are to play and they practice it, they are going to play a better game. They will be successful. They'll have the chance for victory. Well, God does the same thing with us. 
God shares with us that we have a position to play. And he says, listen, I don't want you operating in the area of ignorance throughout your life, not knowing what to do. God says, I have a, I have a plan for you. I have something, I have a place where I want you to perform and serve. And this is one thing I know. Very few people operate very well in the area of ignorance. Right? I mean, do you know anybody who just operates in ignorance? You go, man, that guy is a genius. I mean, it doesn't happen. Nobody operates well in the area of ignorance. There's an old story about a man who was tired of city life. So he moved out in the country. And he decided he was going to have a chicken farm. And so he bought 200 baby chicks, just trying to get started. And after a couple of weeks, all the, all the, baby, chi they, all the baby chicks died. So he said, oh, i got to give this another shot. So he went out, he bought 200 more baby chicks, and, and within a couple of weeks, they were all dead again. And so he, he wrote a letter to the Department of Agriculture saying, I need help. So I, I don't understand what's happening. So I bought 400 baby chicks, and every one of them has died within just a matter of weeks. I need to know, what am I doing wrong? Is it that I'm using the wrong soil, or is it that I'm planting them too deep? Now, whenever people operate in ignorance, very, well, very seldom do they perform well. That didn't go over very well, did it? I thought it was funny. Anyway, God doesn't want us operating out of ignorance. God wants us operating out of our area of giftedness. When God made you, he didn't make you saying, I hope that he lives a completely unfulfilled life. That's not what God made you. God made you to fulfill your purpose. And God has a purpose for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. I, I, love, I love that section of Scripture, but verse 11 is the one we kind of hang on to. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Life has meaning and purpose, and when God made you, He made you for a role to fulfill. And so the first thing to know about our position is God wants you to know your position. He wants you to know where, where you're supposed to play, so to speak. But here's the second thing to know about your position. And if you're, if you're playing a position, then one thing that's important to know is whose team you're on. And, and God wants you to know that if you follow him, you're, you're on his team. You're on God's team. Uh, verse number 2. It says, You know how when you were pagans, you were led to dumb idols being led astray. Therefore, I am informing you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, while we're playing in this game of life, so to speak, it's important for us to understand what team we're on. That's why Paul was, was writing to the Corinthians. He was writing them this letter to remind them, he's like, hey, don't forget, you're on God's team. Don't, don't forget that as you are living everyday life, you belong to God and you are playing on his team. And he was, he was reminding them of this because remember, that it's a, this is a pagan city. And these people, he said, you used to be worshipers of other gods. And they were still inundated by, by their environment. I mean, there was, the, there was the temple to Aphrodite, the goddess of love. There was the temple to Poseidon in this town, which is the god of the sea. There was the uh, Pantheon, which was another temple that was to all the gods. They had it all covered. And so, and all these gods, they were saying, hey, seek after self, seek in order to please yourself. This life, it is about you getting the most, of, most out of it for yourself. And, and that can be attractive. 
I mean, get to a point where you're, you know, you're kind of drawn back into that old way of life. And so Paul, right here, he's reminding them, don't forget, you're not on that team anymore. You're on God's team. And he strongly emphasized this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses, uh, verses 11 and, or excuse me, 19 and 20. In that, in that chapter, here's what he said to them. He said, I want you to know that you belong to God. You no longer belong to yourself. You belong to God. You no longer belong to yourself. Don't you know your body's a sanctuary of the Holy Spirit? Who's in you? Whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. When I was, when I was younger, I used to enjoy, or I loved actually, the, the, I loved the NBA and the NFL. It was great. Now, where, where, I, where I grew up, I grew up loving the Dallas Cowboys, and I hate the Washington Redskins. Could not stand them. Uh, in, in basketball, I loved the Boston Celtics, and I hated the Los Angeles Lakers. And it was just so much fun. There, you know, there's a lot of fun in loving teams and hating other teams. Now, here's the problem. Free agency came into the picture. And when that happened, that totally screwed me up. I mean, I'd sit there and say, there, there were players I could not stand. And then they got traded to, like, my favorite team. And I was confused. I, What's going on here? And, so, and then I got to a point where I was like, I was trying to like them. And then they'd get traded again. I, I just gave it up. I mean, this is crazy. I mean, I, I don't understand how that was supposed to work. Now, for many of us, whenever it comes to God's team, we, we, want to, we want to be on God's team whenever it comes to heaven, but we want to become free agents whenever it comes to you know, getting to play around a little bit and getting to live for self and do what I want and, and you, know, just sort of, you know, just sort of live for pleasure. But guys, whenever you're on God's team, let me tell you something. You are on God's team. You're not on anybody else's team. And we don't get to, we don't get to play around with that. We belong to Him. Being, being on God's team, you have to understand, it's a big deal because God paid a price for you and me to be on His team. It was a big price. Romans 3, 25 and 26 says God presented him, Jesus, as a propitiation through faith in his blood to demonstrate his righteousness because in his restraint God passed over the sins previously committed. God presented to him to, demonst uh, presented to, him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be righteous and declare righteous the one who has faith in Jesus. Guys, when we profess our faith in Jesus, let me tell you something. We're, we are all in on his team or we're not. You belong to him or you don't, but you don't play the fence. You don't, we don't get to ride the fence when it comes to Jesus. We don't get to pick and choose what plays out of God's playbook we're going to run. If we're on his team, we're on his team. And he paid a price for us to be on his team. There's a really interesting story. Back in 1964, there was a, there was a war going on in Ind Indonesia, and uh, the, there were some soldiers called the Gurkhas. And the Gurkha soldiers, were supposed to, they were trying to stop an advance by the Indonesian army, and so they told the Gurkhas, listen, we're going to have to fly in, and we're going to have to drop you into the zone so that you can stop the advance of the Indonesians. And so it's, kind of, it's an interesting story because of this. They, made, they said, okay, we will do it, but here's our request. We don't want the planes flying any higher than 100 feet in the air, and we want you to drop us over swampland. That was odd. The officers were like, why? Now, what they discovered as they talked to them, the Gurkhas didn't realize that they would have parachutes. 
They just thought they were going to be jumping out of a plane. And so they said, well, if we're going to jump out, we want to jump out and land, hopefully, on soft ground if we survive. Now, here's what struck me that was interesting about the story. Here are these guys. They had no idea that they're going to have parachutes, but they were willing to jump out of the plane anyway because they believed in the cause for which they were fighting. They knew whose team they were on. And I sat there and I thought, you know, whenever it comes to being on God's team and whenever I take time to consider that God loves me, and I take time to consider that God allowed his son Jesus to die for me and that he offers me eternal life, I thought, I should be willing to jump out of the plane too because I believe in the cause so much as well. Now, God wants us to know some things about our position. He wants us to know our position. He wants us to know that we're on God's team. He also wants us to know this. This is interesting to me. He wants us to know that we don't all play the same position. We all have different roles to play. And I'm going to read to you in verse number 4. It says, now, this is what Paul wrote. He said, now, there are different gifts from the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God is active in everyone and everything. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person to produce what is beneficial. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, different kinds of languages. To another, interpretation of languages. Now he said, what does all this mean? Well, if you look in verse number four, the, the key things to look at here, what Paul said, is he said there are different gifts, different ministries, different activities. That means that we are not all the same. That God has different roles for us to play. Now, in my mind, and, and what happens to me a lot of times, is I, I can come into contact with people and I think, well, if that person doesn't like the things that I do, and they don't think the same way that I do, and they don't serve the same way that I do, then there is something wrong with them, obviously. And if you're not like me, and you do things differently, then you're wrong, and I'm right. But is that correct? Absolutely not. I mean, can you imagine, if you had a basketball team where everybody played point guard? What, I mean, what kind of, they're going to handle the ball well, but they're going to get killed on the inside. They're not going to do very well rebounding. Can, can you imagine in the church... What if everybody in this room today, what if we were all gifted in preaching? I mean, other than the fact that would be heaven. That would be awful. We'd never get out of here. I mean, we'd all, everybody will always want something to say. But, you know, the good thing is that we aren't all gifted the same way. Now, it was important uh, for Paul to say this because the Corinthians, they believed that some of them said, well, the, I, I'm gifted in this way, you're not gifted like I am, therefore you're not as spiritually elite as I am. And Paul's like, no, 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 no. He said, we, we need all kinds of gifts. We need people to play different positions. When you read through the Bible, it, it does, you know, there's more to being a good Christian than being like a preacher or a missionary. There's, there's more to it than that. I mean, it talks about all kinds of gifts in the Bible. In Romans 12, it talks about gifts like leadership, mercy, giving, serving, teaching. And that different ministries, different positions are required to be played as believers so that the entire body can function correctly. You know, it's, it's, think of your human body. I mean, I, I like to see, therefore I need eyes. But I also like to hear, so I need ears. Now, when they work together, what, what happens? Well, the body functions correctly. Paul said in verse 12, For as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many, they are one body, so also is Christ. 
Now, now we are gifted differently, but when we work together, we function correctly. Now, guys, you're, you're needed. You and I, we are needed in the way that we are gifted. And so God wants you to know your gift and your area of service so that you can serve, so that we can function correctly. Your ministry and service, it's not, just, it's not for you know, the professionals. It's for all of us who are believers. And too many of us are sitting in the stands watching other people play the game, and we sit there and eat popcorn and drink Cokes, and, and maybe even cheer them on, but we don't do anything. That, that's, not, that's not your role. It's not my role. Our role is to be in the game. And so, so it's important for us to understand a few things about our position. God wants us to know what position we play. He wants us to know we're on his team. We don't all play the same position. And then here's the last one I want us to see. And that is this. God has assigned you to your position. The position that God has for you, he made the position, that position for you whatever it might be. Verse number 11, last verse I'll read. It says, but one and the same spirit is active in all these, distributing to each one as he wills. Now this might come as a surprise to you. For those of you who are followers of Christ, God has a position for you to play. You might say, well, that might be true for some other people, but God does not have a position. I'm, I'm not gifted in any way. You just don't know me. It's absolutely not true. Verse number 11, you can read it again, Ephesians 4, 7. We'll leave this verse up here. because I just want you to look at what it says. This is what it says about the, the Spirit of God. However, the Holy Spirit, He has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Okay, now y'all look at that verse. Tell me this. Who has God gifted? According to that verse. That's right. Each one. Ever, you know who each one is? It's you. You, have a, you, know, you can't sit back and say, I'd love to be gifted, but I'm not gifted. Not true. The Bible says if you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit has gifted each one with a special gift that comes from God. Now, you might say, well, I have, maybe I have a gift, but there are other gifts I don't have. Now, for me, I, I look and I think, why didn't God gift me to be a great singer? Because, y'all, I would love to be a great singer. I sing in my car. Why didn't God gift me to sing like James or play the guitar like Alex? Here's what it comes down to. Because the Holy Spirit it was not a part of his will for that for me. This is not a part, it's not a part of his will. Now, if, that, mean, if that, that means I don't have some gifts because it's not a part of God's will, the gifts that I do have, you know why I have the gifts that I have and the gifts that the, you have the gifts that you have? Because the Holy Spirit gave them to you. I mean, you did not, it, it, that did not come about because of you. That's why it's called a gift. The way that you are gifted is because the Spirit of God gave you that gift. Now, why did God give us that gift, the gifts that we might have? Well, verse number 7 says, so that you can produce what is beneficial. And so that's the question for us. You've been gifted. How are you using your gifts? Are you using them? Because if you and I are not using the gifts that God's given us, we are sliding ourselves and we are sliding the team that we are playing for. Now you could say this, I don't know what my gifts are. That's a legitimate question. I read an article by Nancy Ortberg concerning your spiritual gifts. She gave two really good pieces of advice about discovering what your gifts are. The very first one, she said, pay attention. 
What are you good at? What do other people say that you do well? But you pay attention to it. I mean, and more than likely, you have an idea of what you're good at and what you're not good at. Yeah, but you know, there's some things you go, I'm pretty good at that. All right, so pay attention. Okay, here's the second thing. And then try. What does that mean? If you see some areas where you are gifted, then, then try using that gift. Use it in the church. Use it in your neighborhood. Use it where you work. Use it in your friendships. You might say, well, what if I try and I don't like it? Well, then quit trying and do something else. Find an area where you, where you are gifted, and then as you serve, here's what I believe happens. As we serve where God has gifted us, you will discover joy. There's joy when you serve where God has gifted you because that's why God made you. And it's kind of a cool thing. That's why Paul told Timothy, he said, whenever you serve and you see that you're gifted there, he said in, in first, or 2 Timothy 1.6, he said, you will fan into the flame the gift of God. Okay, so what does all this mean? Village Church, here's the deal. You are needed. God made you for a reason. He did not make you a spectator. That is not your gift. Don't say, my gift is to sit back and eat popcorn. That's not your gift. Your gift is to be in the game. Your gift is to serve, to, to use your gift to help the team be victorious. Question is, are you playing? There's some things for us to know about our giftedness, our position. God wants you to know it. He's not hiding it from us. He wants to know that we're on his team. We don't all play the same position. We have different gifts. And that's the last one. The gifts that you have, God gave you that gift. I think that's kind of cool. Why are you gifted? For some reason, God just gifted me in this area. It has nothing to do with me. But I need to use that gift that God gave me to be beneficial. All right. So how would we close out the service? You don't know where you're gifted? Pray. Say, God, open my, open my eyes. You know, help me to pay attention, to be aware, because you don't want me to be ignorant. And then, and then try it out. In, in our bulletin, you can look in the bulletin, and in our contact form, we just have several areas of service where, where, you, can, where you can use your gift. And you might want to try it out. If you, you can just go through that and just say, I'm interested here. And then tear it out and put that in the offering basket. But I also just want to show you just an, an example of just how, as a church, we use our giftedness in order to serve others. And we have, uh, we have one of our biggest events coming up on March 26th. And every year, we have people in our church who gather together in order to serve our community. And so we're going to show that video just to give you a picture of what it looks like in just a small area of what it looks like when we serve and we play our role. Satisfy my soul Jesus, I live